year I turned 12. The age where you transfer from boy to man. It's the little things that you remember all your life. First hit, your first kiss, the first time your dad lets you know that he sees you. Well, I still hadn't had the other two, but boy, did that third one feel good. Would you stand up and walk out on Happy Wonder Wednesday, everybody. This is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back at My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I'm continuing my coverage of Season 1 with Season 1, Episode 18, entitled Goose Grease. This episode aired April 6, 2022. In this episode, we do get the return of Granddaddy Chris- <laughs> Daddy so, Dean comes down with a chicken pox on his way to a hunting trip with Bill and Granddad- Granddaddy Clisby. Lillian forces the three of them to quarantine together, and Clisby pushes homemade remedies on them out of his mistrust of doctors. So, kind of wondering whether or not we're going to get a little more insight as to why Granddaddy Clisby mistrust doctors i don't know it's only like a what a 24 minute show so it seems like sometimes when i'm hoping to divulge a little more into something they end up just dropping it all together so this episode's got a 7.4 out of 10 based on 74 ratings let's see do we have any guessers okay um okay we do see bruce in this okay we see bruce williams I think, or is he returning the next episode? Maybe it's just because he's in the cast list. So maybe that could be. We have Mackenzie Jordan as Young Kim. We have Young Bruce, Dr. Harris, and Paul Ryden as White Doctor. Okay, interesting. So Dr. Harris is played by Agent Morgan. Young Bruce, played by Jalen Webb. Of course, they said Mackenzie Jordan is Young Kim. We have the reoccurrence. Uh, I, love, I love this kid. He is so adorable. Hampton, played by Andrew Tall. Of course, we have Coach Long. We got Kisa. We got Brad. We got Corey. And, of course, our core four main with Dean, Bill, Lillian, and Kim. See, this episode was directed by Ken Whittingham, writer Saladin K. Patterson, of course Neil no- Neil Marlins and Carol Black, who the original show was created by the two of them. We got Yale Galena, Ambiria Allen, Kendra Cole, Diover, Danny Batista, Yemen Siegel. Again, like I said, I have, I have the time. It feels like I I can't pronounce. So, and I feel horrible. But, oh, we got trivia. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. It's going to, oh, you know what? I'm going to hold off on this because it, I, as I've said, I don't watch the episodes ahead of time and I really feel this is going to spoil something for me. So I'm going to hold off on trivia till the end. Um, as far as goofs go, there normally is not goofs when it comes to this on IMDb. So, of course. Before I get into the episode, I want to let you know where you can find this podcast. It's on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. Just type in the Wonder Years podcast. I also, of course, before this, the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast is named after the original Wonder Years. I covered that show. 
from May 2017 to, I believe it was the end of 2018. So all six seasons are available on SoundCloud if you download the SoundCloud app. I don't know what, I guess iTunes only keeps like so many episodes, so most of the Wonder, original Wonder Years is going to be on SoundCloud if you're looking for seasons one through four. I think half of five and all of season six are up there because I do do other shows. Growing Pains, Mr. Belvedere, some episodes of Elf. I, I'm currently covering season two of Small Wonder. As well as... The All My Land of Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House podcast on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years channel as well. If you would like to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. Talk about your favorite episodes from the original show and the new show, your favorite characters, least favorite characters. What are your hopes for season two? I'm kind of, I think once I finish season because well, season two is not even going to air until January 2023. So that's why I'm going to keep with my once a month episode. As far as for season two, I'll probably cover the first episode in January. And then I'm going to take a long break and pre-record episodes. And then release them in early to late spring. And then carry that through the majority of the year. So, All right. If you are looking to follow along with the podcast on Facebook, you can go to the Wonder Years podcast. So looking back at my Wonder Years podcast, Facebook page is there. Follow it, like it, so you'll know. I am going in chronological order, of course, with the new, with the new show. And also the Wonder Year, LBOM Wonder Years podcast on Instagram as well. So, all right, let's get into Goose Grease. I don't know why, I just, this episode, some have been, like the one where we go see Lillian's parents on the farm, Country Dean, I believe the episode was, that one was kind of a meh, and I don't know, maybe the, I just was like, I don't know about this episode, but then again, like I say, I don't watch the episodes ahead of time, so... It could surprise me. It could end up being really, really good. Which I do like the episodes most of the time. It just feels like some are better than others. Some are kind of hit or miss. It just really depends. And another thing, it just it feels like, honestly, with this version of Wonder Years, it's more played for comedy. I mean, I know that the original Wonder Years was a dramedy where it centered more on drama than comedy. Sure, there were some funny parts in it, but it was mainly for drama. Whereas this one seems like more sitcom-ish with drama on the side. So, we'll see, we'll see. I, I like it, I just wish it would... I don't know, maybe see what's in store for season two. All right, to kick off, we have the cold open. Dean's riding up on his bike, probably coming from Corey's house. And Bill's outside with Kim underneath the hood of the car that she drives, showing her how to change her own oil. And she says, you know, saving 250 on a tune-up is just beautiful. Unless 
Maybe that's Bill saying that. Hold on. But of course, Bill at first didn't want to show Kim how to change her own oil because, you know, grease under the fingers, unladylike and everything. It's like, there's nothing wrong with a lady knowing how to change her oil. I don't know how. I did never wanted to learn. I just figure I'll pay someone to do it for me. Along with rotating my tires and checking for whatever needs to be either replaced or tuned up or whatever. Bill says, but saving $2.50 on a tune-up is beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, where, I mean, mainly where is she going? Just driving around town, ain't like she's going, like, hours upon hours away. Like, three hours away somewhere that she's going to be having to require uh, an oil change all the time. I mean, yeah, the car is older, but... Because it came from, you know, Granddaddy Clisby, but as long as they keep it, you know, in shape and the oil change and all that fun stuff, it, it should go for a long, long time. Who knows? Maybe Dean will inherit that car in four years when he learns how to drive. Oh, that's right. In Country Dean, in that episode. Oh, he got, he got behind the wheel of a car. He wasn't supposed to but um yeah we all learned about that mishap <laughs> we all saw that mis mishap so <laughs> i i just i i love bill and kim's father we don't i feel like we don't see enough of it because he's always you know getting on her about this and that and everything but it, it's it's a cute moment here i really like it and i guess the camera back then was called the instamatic because bill's like hey Dean, go tell your mother to get the Instamatic. We need to capture this moment in history. The first time Kim changed the oil in her car. And we do see a picture being put in the photo album of Kim and Bill together standing in front of the car with the hood up. Aw, so sweet, so sweet. as fast as Bruce did when Bill was teaching Bruce how to do an oil change and a tune-up and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, it just seems like a rite of passage, like Bruce and then Kim and then eventually, you know, Dean's going to be out there with his dad learning how to uh, change the oil and all that stuff. So after Kim puts a picture of her and Bill in the photo album, we see Dean sitting in a chair reading a book. And I like how Kim just being a big sister just pushes, like shoves her hand up against the book that Dean is reading and just basically falls out of his hands as she walks out of the room. She doesn't say anything. She's like... <laughs> And, of course, we get the narration from adult Dean saying, being the youngest of three kids, the oldest normally gets the parent, most of the parents' attention as we see other photo albums that have Bruce's name on them. We see a picture of the Williams men. We see Granddaddy Clisby. We see Bruce. We see Bill. 
They all have matching... No, they're not matching tattoos. They're just tattoos. Are they real? I'm sure they're... Well, not, not real on the actors, but for the characters. That must have been, like, right before Bruce went into the army. And Adulting narrates how the secondborn still gets, you know, similar attention, but not nearly as much, because... Kim's only got, like, f maybe four photo albums of her, where Bruce has maybe five or six. And my guess is Dean's only probably got one photo album of her. I bet anything it's either one or two tops. Or none. But I'm gonna go with at least one or two. If they didn't have any... Wait a minute, what about those framed photos that he was, like, when Kisa was coming over... Like a picture of him in the bathtub or him, you know, naked on a changing table as an infant or something like that. He's like shoving all these framed pictures of him as a baby wearing next to nothing. Like, no, 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 no embarrassment. So you can't say that there aren't pictures of him in the house. They are actually on display. But why couldn't they at least have some current pictures of him? Not something from, like, 10, 11 years ago. <laughs> did I call that or did I call that? Yeah, there is only one photo album of Dean. That is sad. But it just, it seems like, I mean, because it was just, you know, I only had one other sibling growing up and everything like that. We both, you know, had pictures kind of, you know, combined in a photo album. I don't believe that we really had our own. But... It just seems like with big families and stuff, like, of course, the first one's going to get all the attention because those are all the first milestones as first parents. When you get to child number two, three, four, five, and I just think with today's, you know, and the technology and the ability to just have pictures and videos, so many pictures and videos on our phones and just the pictures... Just being out there, like on Facebook or Instagram, or those families that are basically recording their life and putting it on YouTube for the world to see. 25 years ago, you didn't have that. You didn't have that. You most likely wouldn't do that if given the option. But now, and the thing that's sad about it is like these kids... They don't necessarily get a say in whether or not they want their parents to put pictures of them in their diapers or in the bath or learning how to be toilet trained and all of that. It's like they don't get a say. And then it's like once that picture is on the internet, they, that's there forever. You don't know who's looking at those pictures or anything. It's just such a... You know, and it's just like, it was nice enough, like, oh, you show your neighbors, you know, family members, you pull out the photo, you look at it. It stays in the family and with friends and stuff. But now it's just, you're just putting your whole life and your children's lives out there on display for the world to see. And it's just, you need to be so careful with that. You really, really do. There's too many weird things in the world. Dean pulls out his own picture, photo album, and it's just a picture of him. And I like how he's got a, like, 
pull his glasses down to like and it's a real it's almost like a wallet sized picture black and white picture of a baby and he's like I'm not even sure that's me <sighs> which I, I'm sure it is and I, I I can imagine because the kid who plays Dean played by EJ Williams you know he was born like I think yeah he was born well after 2001 and, and does it even say let me look if it even says when his uh I could have sworn he like just had a birthday not too long well I got it that's the thing I gotta keep up on that I gotta keep up on the uh Let's see, it doesn't say, but this kid's got to be about maybe, the actor's got to be at least 13, 14 years old at this point. book out of his hand. It's not easy being the youngest of three children. The firstborn gets your parents' undivided attention. The second born gets a little less attention, but they're still getting that shot. And then you get to the third child. You're lucky if you can get them to point that camera in your direction. I'm not even sure that's me. So Dean comes into the kitchen and Bill's at the table drinking coffee. And of course, with adult Dean's narration saying, you know, I was not going to be denied the cool bonding experiences with my family. Yeah, got it. If you can't capture those Kodak moments, you'll have to create your own one way or another. Oh my gosh, is he bringing the camera out? <laughs> He's probably going to bring that camera out. Like, hey, I want to capture us just sitting down having breakfast together. Even though we do that every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I just, yeah, want to capture this so I can have proof that, what's the, is that even a saying, the whole, if you don't have, if you don't take a picture, if you don't have proof, then did it really happen? <laughs> he says just because he's a third kid doesn't mean that he's going to miss out and be denied on having, you know, ex ex fun experiences and stuff that his brother and sister got to have with their family. So Dean is the one that actually asks Bill, like, hey, Dad, I want to go hunting with you and Granddaddy Clisby. And I can see, honestly, that Bill's not, that's not going to fly with it. Like, no, no, I don't trust you to have a gun in your hands. You trip over your own feet, Dean. Are you serious? I'm not going to give you a gun. That's just an accident waiting to happen. That's a trip to the hospital. That's probably before we even get out of the car into the woods. So, oh, okay, so no, he's got, does he get the camera and the photo, Bruce's photo album, because he shows Bill a picture of Granddaddy Clisby, Bill, and y young Bruce going hunting. And then he's like, oh, you know those rabbits aren't, because they're holding, like, dead rabbits that they shot. Like, you know those rabbits aren't asleep, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So, yeah, doesn't he suggest, like, oh, I mean, wouldn't a movie be just as fun? Can we go see a movie? What's playing right now? So, when Granddaddy Clisby, when they all went to the mall, they saw Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah, back when we had to look up matinee times in the newspaper. Whew, don't miss that. <laughs> I don't, 
last time I actually looked at the, at a newspaper, it was probably when we subscribed to one back when we lived in Michigan. And then finally, I think because the most part, I was using it to line the cage, my rabbit's cage and my guinea pig's cage and whatnot. And it's just... Yeah, I mainly use it to line my rabbit's cage. And the reason that Dean wants to do this is just because Bruce got to have a, you know, an experience, a, a family outing with, you know, considered one of the Williams men, you know, dad and grandpa and Bruce. Dean wants to have that experience as well. And Dean says, you know, I just want to have the same experience as he did, you know. I, I just, it seems important. Yeah, like a, basically like a rite of passage, and that's what Dean wants. He doesn't want to feel excluded just because, you know, he and Bruce are very, very different. Dean is more, you know, he's into science and, and, and knowledge and just learning things. And where Bruce, even though we really haven't spent much time with him, what we learned just alone from Dean telling us he was, you know, a sports star. He was, you know, he had a bunch of interests and, in, uh, you know, hunting and all that. And then, you know, going to the army and whatnot. And I guess even though Dean and Bruce are different, Dean still wants to have that experience. Think about it. Bill's not getting any younger. Neither is Granddaddy Clisby. You gotta, but it it just seems like sometimes when you like kind of force these things, like you're like, I want this to happen. It has to happen this way. It's gotta. It's it's important. I need you know, want to experience this one thing, and then you do it, and then you're let down because it's not what you want, or at least maybe that's the way that I would look at it if I'm trying to like do something like I want to do this on our twentieth anniversary. Even though, you know, all these things are, you know, keeping us from doing this, it's, it's almost like you, it's a need, like an obsession, like you have. And then when, you know, it's like, oh, you finally do it, it's like, oh, well, kind of, it's almost like kind of a letdown. Like, when you build something up so much in your mind that it's just such a disappointment when the reality of it hits. Oh, Dean, Dean's got his camera. He's ready to make that Kodiak moment happen. Bill doesn't even look at Dean as he's taking another sip of coffee. Like, yeah, I'll think about that. Uh, not really. And uh, Kim, like, can we get a yes? Of course that means it's a no. Like, you know that's a no, right? It's like, yeah. Thanks for uh, putting that out there. Like, I didn't get that the way that he wouldn't look me in the eye when he told me. I'll think about it. I'm like, at least look me in the eye if you're going to lie to me like that. Oh, Dean. Yep. Like, fine, if you don't take me, I'll, uh, I'll just have to go ask Granddaddy Clisby, and I'm pretty sure he wouldn't say no to me. Because I think I'm his favorite. Yeah, I'm going to go ask him. <laughs> you know, I bet anything that Bill's like, fine, 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 fine. Just don't, don't call. Fine, we'll, we'll go. I'll take you. Oh, Lillian, I love you. She says, Bill, well, you know, Bill, I am not letting my son go into the woods with a nearsighted old man holding a shotgun. That is not happening. You're going to go with them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, 
Constantine. He's like, all right, well, hey, I guess that's a yes. <laughs> I love Kim. I think she's like eating bacon and she's just shaking her head, just grinning like, <laughs> I pity you. <laughs> Youngest, I was not going to be denied the cool bonding experiences my brother and sister got to have with our family. Dad, I want to go hunting with you and Granddaddy Clisby. Now, where'd you come up with a crazy idea like that? <laughs> you know those rabbits are asleep, right? <clears throat> I mean, wouldn't the movie be just as fun? I could look up some matinee times right now. But when Bruce went hunting, it was all the Williams men together. <laughs> I just want to do the same things he did. It seems important or something. Plus, <laughs> I got my new camera ready to capture it all. I'll uh, think about it. You know that's a no, right? Fine. If you won't take me, I'll just have to go ask Granddaddy Clisby. Bill Williams, you know there's no way on God's green earth I'm letting my son go into the woods with a nearsighted old man holding a shotgun. So, I guess that's a yes. Apparently they gotta stop again. And Christine's like, Ugh, we're stopping again? Really? And Granddaddy Clisby says, I'll take a pee break every 15 minutes if I want to. <laughs> Well, if you gotta go, you gotta go. I mean, at this rate, they'll be lucky if they can make the woods by nightfall. I mean, the woods is, like, right off to the side, but still. At the rate, I mean, depending on how many times I've had to stop. Yeah. Granddaddy Clisby actually thinks of this as a perk. It's like, that's one of the perks of getting old. And as he looks at Bill and says, and you can't take that from me. Oh, my gosh. Now Dean wants to turn this into a competition. Because, like, oh, how many rabbits did Bruce kill? And, and Bill's like, I have no living memory. And Dean cuts him off and says, well, I'm going to double it. Really? You have to actually kill one first, Dean. And I... So much as Neil, he, he, he loves Neil animals. And, like, well, the cow and country Dean, that adorable calf. And the you know, chickens and the other animals that he got attached to and everything like that. I cannot see him being able to just shut that part of his brain off and actually kill an adorable bunny rabbit. So I'm kind of curious as to see when the chicken pox come in exactly. Maybe that's later on. Dean says, maybe... Even triple it. As he starts, he starts scratching. And Bill right away is like, looking at him with this, like, what's wrong with you? What's with the scratching? Well, it's not eczema. And, I mean, Jeremy even said he was like, I thought he was like 12 or 13 when he had chicken pox. Because I told him, I had gotten chicken pox when I was probably like 7 because I had lived with my aunt. And my younger cousins had gotten chicken pox. And just by being in contact with them, I ended up getting it as well. And Dean just kind of chalks it up to, you know, it must be mosquitoes. And Bill looks at him like, from the car? We've been sitting in the car the whole time. With the windows up, I might add. How are you getting bit by mosquitoes? Well, they are in the wooded country area, so they're out there, let me tell you. They are. They will get you. If you, I remember I was walking, like, like probably like a handful of weeks ago, and it was morning, it was probably like maybe 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just, I had to cut my walk short, it's like, I'm getting, like, bit by 
mosquitoes. I didn't put any. I had to go get some um of that off spray. Like if I'm gonna go walking in the morning, I gotta have something, cause it's. I'm not just gonna keep walking as I'm getting bit by mosquitoes. I'm just not. And with it being like triple digits lately, like I'm not just gonna wear a long sleeve shirt. Which I don't think that's gonna stop mosquitoes from getting at you. It turns out I guess Granddaddy Clisby didn't have to go as he comes up and say, oh, it's a false alarm. And he's like, what? The boy's complaining about bugs already? So he knows Dean is just, I don't want to call Dean a wimp because he's really not. He's like, we're not even in the woods yet. And Bill goes over and actually looks at Dean's arm and it's covered in little spots which clearly mean like you got ch chicken pox yeah and he's saying oh Dean needs to toughen up and as soon as D uh, Bill rolls down Dean's sleeve he like backs away as he's like now Bill never got chicken pox and neither did his dad because they both come down with it and I thought like I thought like if you, whether you got chicken pox as a kid, whether you get shingles as an adult, or is it where you don't, if you don't have chicken pox and you get them as an adult, they're shingles? I don't know the difference. But all I know is shingles are very, very painful from a couple people that had had them. It was excruciatingly painful where they say probably they wouldn't wish that on their worst enemy. The way that Bill is, like, looking at his hands, like, he's clearly been infected just by looking at Dean's arm. And Dean's like, oh. And Bill's like, oh, what? Oh, what, Dean? Like, what are you not telling me? How did you get this? Well, he's hanging around with friends. Surely one of them must have had it or has a younger sibling or older sibling that had it and they came in contact with it maybe that person doesn't even know that they have it yet so i don't know but oh oh boy he's gone his whole 30 some years of his life not getting chicken pox and now he's gonna get it because his son has been hanging around someone who who's got the chicken pox there's a thing that was like like chicken pox parties where people would like bring their kids around someone who had chicken pox so they could have it and get it over with. I just, I don't really remember my experience with chicken pox. My aunt told me like I had them so bad I was getting them in my mouth. And I'm just, I mean, I can't remember. I was seven. I mean, unless, I mean, that's what, I do remember a trip to the emergency room. Maybe that might have been a, a result. Yeah, it seems like, to me, that just seems like some, a note would be sent home. Or maybe they didn't do that back in 1969, where if a bunch of kids in a class or in the school get the same illness, there's going to be a note sent home. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot, a bunch of kids, like, got sent home with chicken pox. Like, half my class, or half my... And, and Bill's not too happy with it. It's like, and you're just telling me about this now after spending three hours cooped up with you in the car? <sighs> Dean, come on. Use some common sense, dude. 
And, of course, Granddaddy comes to me and says, I want to yell at you, but i got to take another pee bear break. Again. Oh, my gosh. This is not good. We're stopping again? I'll take a pee break every 15 minutes if I want to. It's one of the perks of getting old, and you can't take that from me. So, how many rabbits did Bruce kill this first time? I have no living memory. Because I'm going to double it, maybe even triple it. What's with the scratching? Must be mosquitoes. From the car? Ah, false alarm. Boy's complaining about bugs already. We're not even in the woods yet. He needs to toughen up. Not bugs, Dad. Chicken pox. Oh. Oh, what? Oh, what, Dean? A bunch of kids got the chicken pox at my school this week. And I'm just hearing about this now. After spending three hours cooped up with you in the car. I want to yell at you, but I got to take another pee break. Again. And I'm just thinking, you know, with all the the hand sanitizer that we all went through in 2020 and 2021 and part of 2022, it just it seems like that could be. I just kind of wonder, would that help even after the fact? Because now we're in the kitchen and Lillian's wearing like dish cleaning gloves, like dishwashing gloves, to inspect Dean's arm. I'm like, okay, after that, I'd be like, okay, I'm throwing those dish gloves away. Whether or not she has had it before either. Has anyone in that house had it? It just seems like if Bruce or Lillian might have had it, which they probably did, and maybe Dean, they'd already had it and been done and over before Dean even came along, would be my guess. So, yeah, she starts opening doors, and Dean's getting worried, like, what, what's, what's wrong? It's just, you're scaring me, because she's opening doors and everything. And she says, well, it's just that I haven't had the chicken pox, and you're very contagious. My guess is then she and, I mean, I don't know if Kim's had it, but if Kim and Bruce had had it, wouldn't Lillian have gotten it? Or Bill at that time? I don't know. I don't know how... <laughs> if it's that fast acting. So my guess is what? Is she going to be like, I'm going to go stay with someone for a while until this is over with. Because she said, the episode did say quarantine, so my guess is all three of them are going to be there fighting the chicken pox battle together. The Williams chicken pox battle of 1969. So Lillian tells Bill, like, he and his dad are going to have to stay there and hold down the fort. Because Kim comes in, like, what's all this noise? I got a headache. I can't think. And Lillian's like, don't step any farther into the kitchen, all right? Dean's got the chicken pops. And Kim was like, no, 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 you are not getting me sick. Seriously? None of them had chicken? Are you, are you serious? How? I mean, the way Dean's like, oh, like, half my class was out with the chicken box. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah, and Kim says, I just got over mono. And Bill's like, mono, you said it was a lingering cold. That mono is like the kissing disease, supposedly. <laughs> disease, what do we call it? Disease, no, just, I don't know. I never had it. Lillian tells Kim, just don't... Just pack your bags. You and I are going to go stay with Grandma. And Kim can't get out of that kitchen fast. And I'm like, you don't got to tell me twice. Dean is thrilled about I love how 
Bill and his father, like, as Dean starts approaching, they start to back up against the, the counter, like, stay away, stay over there, stay over there. They're going to disinfect everything, I'm sure. Because, yeah, he's through because, oh, it'll be me, Dad, and Granddaddy Clisby for a whole week, no girls. Yeah, Clisby's <laughs> trying to zip out the door. So, and Lillian's, whoa, 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 where do you think you're going? He's like, well, it's... It's almost dinner time. I gotta go eat. <laughs> it's 4.30. <laughs> Dean says, it's 4.30, granddad. <laughs> He's like, dang, it's gonna be cold. <laughs> and even Bill's like, Lillian, you can't abandon me here with them. It's like, you got chicken. You have been affected. You you need, I, I'm surprised that Lillian is not like, Kim, go pack my bag. I'll be waiting in the car. Not the car that was just used, but the chicken pop. Free car. The one that hasn't been infected with chicken pops. And Lillian asks Clusby if he's had chicken pops before. He's like, I've had Spanish flu, mustard gas, hoof and mouth. <laughs> you name it, apparently he's, he's had it at one point. Like, I'm covered. <laughs> I've had them all. <laughs> he says, you name it, I'm immune to it. It's like, no, you gotta take this seriously. This is not a joke. Bill says, you know, chicken pox at your age can be really dangerous. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. It probably could be very dangerous for someone in their 60s back in 1960. Well, probably even now. I mean, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It just feels like 60 isn't what it was like 30 plus years ago. I mean, it just feels like people... Back then, when they were 60, they looked like they were 80. But now, it's like, you look at 60-year-olds, like, you look like you're 45. You do not look what my interpretation of what 60 would be. And Lillian puts her foot down and says, hey, I'm not letting you go home to infect Mother William. So, like, oh, no. We haven't met her yet, have we? I don't think we have. When are we going to meet Bill's mom? We hear enough about her. When are we going to meet her? We've met Lillian's parents. Maybe in season two. Maybe in season two we will meet Bill's mom. I love how Lillian says, Lord knows she suffered enough. <laughs> and Granddaddy Clisby says, fine, fine, all right, look. Uh, but I'm not going to be happy about it. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're going to be happy about it or not. No, you need to stay. Then they're going to have to disinfect the house. Everything they touch... They're going to have to walk around just wearing, like, oven mitts the whole time. Like, no matter where they go. Like, okay, you guys have one part of the house or, like, one room and we'll set up cots. And this will be, like, a quarantined room where you all will stay. Well, <laughs> she says, uh, basically, she's like, peace out, I'm out of here. Uh, she said, dinner's on the stove and Bill... Looked at it, it's like, well, but this is only boiling water. She's like, oh, yeah, dinner. You're going to have to, like, finish that yourselves. I got to get out of here. Every second she stays there, she is going to infect herself with chicken pots. I don't know whether you can get it from just breathing on a person or touching a person or what. I, d I don't know. Dean does not know how miserable he is going to be. He's like, hey, maybe I'm going to get that bonding experience after all. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, we got to take care of Granddaddy Klitzvay. He takes dinner at 5 sharp. And, oh, by the way, one of you is going to have to run my bath water. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. It's like taking care of a big kitten. It's like taking care of someone younger than Dean. He thought Dean was needy. And Bill just tells Dean, you're sleeping outside. He's like, yeah, get him a tent. I'm sure it's not that cold outside, depending on what time of year this is. Have him go sleep outside. No big deal. No big deal. Why don't they all sleep outside in separate tents? There you go. One person could sleep in the car because we already know it's been infected with chicken pox. And they're not going to re-infect each other with chicken pox because they already got it. Yeah. I'd never seen my mom move that fast. She was avoiding me like the plague. Literally. What's wrong? You're scaring me. Oh, baby, it's nothing to be worried about. I just haven't had the chicken pox, and you're very contagious. And you too. You are going to have to hold up in this house separately. Cam? Oh, what is with all this noise? I can't hear myself think. Stop. Don't move. Dean has chicken pox. Oh, you are not getting me sick. I just got over mono. Mono? You said it was a lingering cold. We need to be worried about Dean right now. Just go pack your bags. You and I are staying at Grandma's. Don't gotta tell me twice. Wait. So it's gonna be me, Granddaddy, <laughs> Clisby, and Dad in the same house alone for a week? You can't just abandon me with them, Lil. And where do you think you're going? I'm, uh, I'm heading home. It's dinner time. It's 4.30, Granddad. Damn, it's gonna be cold. Clisby, have you had chicken pox before? I've had everything from the Spanish flu, mustard gas, hoof and mouth. You name it, I'm immune to it. Dad, you gotta take this seriously. Chickenpox at your age can be really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I'm not letting you go home to infect Mother Williams. Lord knows she suffered enough. Fine, fine, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Dinner's on the stove. But it's just boiling water. Oh, you'll have to finish it yourselves. Love you, baby. Take care. Bye. Maybe I was going to get that bonding experience after all. Well, I take dinner at five, and uh, after that, one of you are going to have to run with bath water. So, we're in the living room. Bill, Dean, and Granddaddy Clisby are all wearing their white undershirts. And Bill tells Dean, like, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, okay? This is going to be hard. This is going to be real hard to get through. And Dean is just so excited. Like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. Well, he was scratching a bit ago. All of a sudden, he's so excited at, like, distracts him from the fact that he's got chicken pox because you can visibly see chicken pox on them. Well, at least on Bill's arm. Yeah, Dean is really pushing for this bonding session. Like, oh, this is going to be great. Maybe we can play some cards, swap some stories. I'm thinking, hey, if I'm sick, the last thing I want to do is do an activity. I mean, I don't even want to, I mean, if I'm like down for the count, like sick, sick, I don't even want to watch TV. I can't. I have no interest in reading. None of that stuff. You think I'm going Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, just three generations of us Williams men. And Granddaddy Clisby is, he's had enough of Dean's, like, talking. And he's like, it's going to be two generations of Williams men if you don't stop your yapping. Like, enough. They're miserable. I mean, I don't know if, like, chicken pox, if it affects 
older people different than younger people because we got someone who's you know thir- probably 13 Dean we have Bill who's got to be somewhere in his early to mid 30s and we have Granddaddy Quisby who's probably got to be late 50s somewhere in his mid 60s and and Bill's like excuse me don't threaten my son and Granddaddy Quisby says no first of all I was talking about myself so Bill decides that they all should do chores, like, let's keep, just because we're down for the count for a week, doesn't mean we have to, like, slack off not and not do anything. So, of course, Granddaddy Clisby's like, okay, well, since you were a cook in infantry, you can do that, Bill. And, of course, since I was, <laughs> uh, he was out in the field. Granddaddy Clisby was. So it's like, yeah, if someone tries to break in, I'll be the first one to go after them. <laughs> and Dean pretty much gets stuck with whatever he normally does for chores. And Bill's like, if you keep scratching, you're going to spread those chicken pops. And Bill asks his father, like, oh, Dad, what chores are you going to do? And he's like, oh, I don't do chores. I, I never did. I'd be like, excuse me, you're a guest in my home. You are doing chores. You don't get an ounce. We're all suffering from the chicken box here. Yeah, he says, well, my mom did the the chores for me until I was 16. And then, of course, you know, my wife took over after that. (sighs) Like, well, guess what? Today's your lucky day because you're actually going to do chores. You don't get a choice now. And Bill's got some news for his father. He's like, hey, Dad, guess what? It's the 60s. And you know what? You know what changed? Men. They have evolved since your generation, and men help pick up the house. And men make meals for themselves and do their own laundry. Well, <laughs> and Bill tells his dad, like, look, we're not helpless around the house anymore. Men are not helpless around the house anymore. That's not how it's going to be. And Dean, adult Dean kind of chimes in here, sitting <laughs> that saying, yeah, this is coming from the man who waited till the day after his kids were born to see, to see them. But, yeah, Granddaddy is still just clinging to the, hey, I'm old and helpless, I'm feeble, I can't do anything, right? Isn't that what you always tell me? Yeah, and Granddaddy's all like, oh, this pox might take me down, I might be done for. It's like, no, 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 no. He is he is really trying to milk that this pox for all it's worth. And, yeah, it's like, look, we're all going to do chores, just get over it. Dean, you need to stop scratching at your face. If you wind up with a face full of pox scars, your mom is going to kill me. So, I, I'm basically, what Bill's doing now is, where is this Dean? One of them is filling up the old metal ice tray. If you were, you know, growing up in the 80s and stuff, you odds are you maybe would have had one. I know that we did growing up. Pulling the lever on it, too, to be able to break the ice up. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. It's gonna be hard. Real hard. Are you kidding me? This is gonna be so great! We can finally hang out like we planned. Maybe play some cards, swap some stories. Just three generations. Us Williams men gonna be two generations if you don't stop yapping how about you don't threaten my son i was talking about myself first off we're gonna have to divvy up the household duties well 
Since you were a cook in the army, it's only right that you cook for us. Wow, thanks for the vote of confidence. Yeah, I was in the infantry, like a real man. So I'll be sure to shoot the first one who tries to break in. Good thinking. Dean, you do your regular chores. Stop scratching. That's how it spreads. So what chores you actually gonna do, Dad? Oh, I don't do chores. Never did, see. My mama did them for me until I was 16. And then my wife took over after that. Guess what, Dad? It's the 60s. Men have evolved since your generation. We're not helpless around the house anymore. Mm-hmm. This is the same man who didn't meet any of his kids until the day after they were born. Well, I'm old and feeble. Ain't that what you always tell me? This pox just might take me down. I see. So now that this chore's on the table, you're taking this seriously. Yeah. You're doing the dishes, Dad. It was finally happening. All of us Williams men were going to rough it together. It was going to be just like rabbit hunting, minus the hunting and the rabbits. Dean, stop scratching. Your mother's going to kill me if you end up with a face full of pox scars. But so is she. There's only one way to fix this. So Dean gets the ice cube tray, fills it, and of course sloshes, some sloshes over the side as he's trying to make his way to uh, the refrigerator. It's like, ugh. And Granddaddy Clisby comes in and says, hey, look, how about this? You want to make some money? I'll give you 50 cents a day if you do my chores for me. Because <laughs> Dean's all like, oh, it could be fun us working together side by side. You're going to get found out. You know that Bill's not going to stand for that. So they shake on it, and he says, oh, don't tell your dad about this. Like, yeah, like he's not going to find out. All three of you are cooped in that house together. He's going to find out. <laughs> Darn it. God did not take Adam's ribs so he could scrub a pot. You don't get used to doing chores. Doing them together could even be fun. You know what's really fun? Making money. How's about I give you 50 cents a day to do my chores? While I was hoping all of us roughing it together would create a lifelong memory, I couldn't turn down a solid side hustle. And don't tell your father. So the guys sit down to dinner, and I don't know what Bill made, but by the look on Dean's face, it's not good. And Granddaddy Clisby says, well, if the pox doesn't kill us, this chili sure will. And Bill's like, look, I'm a little rusty. It's been a while since I've cooked, all right? <laughs> uh, honestly, if you're, I mean, cooking in the army and stuff like that, I mean, you probably got bare bones as far as supplies go and everything. You make deal with what you got. And... Yeah, it always seems like sometimes, like, guys aren't, like, the best cook. Not all guys are bad cooks, but it just seems like sometimes in TV shows, like, the mom normally does the cooking, and then she's out of the house, and the, the guys will like, hey, let's just order pizza then, since none of us can clearly cook. Like, Lillian would have had time to, I mean, no one could have predicted... Like, oh, you have chicken pops? You, I'm going to have to be out of the house all week? Let me pre-make you, like, a bunch of meals. No. She got out of the house as soon as it was confirmed they had the chicken pox. Part of me wonders if at the end of this episode, then Lillian and Kim end up getting it just from being in the same area as Dean and Bill and Granddaddy Lisby. 
Okay. Pardon me, because Bill says, Ew, I don't know how else we're going to eat. Do you? Are they going to just order in? Did they have delivery back in 69? Well, in the fact that part of me now is thinking like this was a setup so that way somebody else could volunteer to cook. Part of me now thinks that just because he said that, that this was, he purposely made it grow, like, didn't add something like the chili flavoring or whatever. Maybe it was just like ground beef and water or whatever. No tomato paste. Or chili powder <laughs> and just made it that way so one of them like will say you know what I'm don't bother cooking I will take over from here oh my god I am getting 2020 vibes here with Lillian comes over with a casserole but she's got one of her scarves wrapped around like you know basically a face mask <laughs> and she's giving them directions as to what I 350 for 30 minutes. <laughs> Is she going to come by every day with food so they don't have to cook? And the adult Dean does tell us, like, this was before N95, the first seven. I'm like, I'm like, uh, yes, he's referencing 2020 with the COVID outbreak and the masks and everything. Make sure that Lillian knows, like, Mom, I really, really, really appreciate your cooking. And Bill's like, yeah, Dean, we get it, okay? I just... But come on, at least there's something edible. Oh, I think it's lasagna. And, yeah, she's got eyes like an eagle because she can tell that Dean's been scratching, you know, at his chicken pops. So she, did she bring, like, calamine lotion? Because I thought that was something that really is supposed to help stop the edge. You know, when Full House did a pox in the house in season one where Stephanie gets the chicken pops and then also Jesse and Joey get it, a lot of the episode is based on I can't stop scratching, I'm constantly itching, do something. Help me find relief. Well, uh, and also the episode is also about Danny trying to find a sitter for Michelle because she's just, you know, under two years old. She hasn't had the chicken pox yet. So Granddaddy Clisby comes to the door when Lillian hands off some medicine and he is 100% like, hey, I am not taking the white man's medicine. I am not. I'm against doctors. I'm against all that stuff. And Bill even tells like, look, Dad, I know you don't trust doctors, but you're going, you can't avoid them forever. And, yeah, we definitely do know where Bill gets his stubbornness from, his dad. Because he's like, hey, watch me. And Bill says, well, do you see what I'm dealing with over here? This is, come back, please. <laughs> uh, Lillian is like, you know what, I gotta go. Uh, have fun. <laughs> Basically, like, enjoy yourselves. And... Granddaddy Clisby, when Lillian leaves, says, I got my own remedies much better than any doctor can prescribe. And don't tell your father. Really, really miss your cooking. All right, point made, Dean. 
Dean, I can see you've been scratching. I brought you something for the itch. Y'all need to use it. No, ma'am, I'm not taking the white man's medicine. Dad, I know you don't trust doctors, but you can't avoid them forever. Watch me. See what I'm putting up with over here. Y'all enjoy yourselves. I got my own remedies. Much better than any doctors. You'll see. But yeah, I guess that's where the episode title comes from. Goose Grease. Goose Grease. Oh, you try saying that five to ten times fast. You can't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, because Dean opens the door and there is, in a burlap sack, there is a dead white goose just sitting on their doorstep. Oh. For a second, I thought it was like a doctor making house calls or something when Dean goes to the door originally. Or Lillian was back to give them something, like, another day had passed. Or... I don't know if they did... Del when did restaurants start doing deliveries? I don't know. So, yeah, it's like, oh, great, my goose is here. <laughs> and Dean is asking, like, well, where did you get a goose from? And apparently Granddaddy Clisby's got a goose guy. Like, he just dial him up, like, hey, I need a goose. <laughs> and he, the guy just brings him over. And Granddaddy Clisby does tell Dean, I'm making goose grease. <laughs> of course, Dean is still confused. So it looks like Bill is doing laundry and he's looking at the back of the detergent box. And so, like, what is a pre what's a pre wash? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, you put the laundry in and you just, you know, turn the dial correctly. But, again, Lillian needed to get out of that house so she didn't get infected. Otherwise, she probably could have showed, like, oh, if you need to do laundry, which they probably do, one of the disinfected clothes that they've been wearing. And she didn't have time to teach him. See, and now he's probably wondering, like, of all the times that I could have watched how she turned the dial on the washing machine or however they did it back in 1969... And, the, yeah. It's not like they're going to just wash the clothes in the sink and then try to throw them in a dryer afterwards. I could have thought, like, um, some of the laundry detergents after 2020 or even had started putting some type of disinfectant or sanitary something to, like, not just clean the clothes but to disinfect them as well. So, Bill sees this dead goose, and immediately he's like, Dad, no, we're not doing that. And Granddaddy Clisby says, no, son, seriously, this helped you. Remember how good you felt all the time growing up? Give it to you almost every single, whenever you had an ailment, I would give this to you. And Bill says, yeah, it kept me smelling bad and swatting the flies away. So, you're not going to do that to Dean. Dan, Dean is so, Dad, you should join us. Grandpa's going to teach me how to make goose grease. And then that way, the three generations of Williams men will be making memories. <laughs> Dean, Bill's already been through this. He, he doesn't want, I mean, what do they, do they rub it on their skin? Do they, like, drink it? Like, do they, like, squeeze the grease out of the feathers into a cup? And then you drink it. I don't, part of me thinks, like, I think you take the grease and you, like, rub it on your chicken pops or something. Yeah, and Bill, like, you know what? I'll just 
figure out how to do this pre-wash laundry myself. You guys have fun with your goose grease. Oh, good. My goose is here. called my goose guy. Why do you need a goose? To make goose grease. If Granddaddy Clisby thought he was making things clearer, he was wrong. Can someone tell me what the heck a pre-wash is? Dad, no. Kept you healthy your whole childhood, son. More like it kept me smelling bad and swatting flies my whole childhood. Dad, Granddad's about to teach me to make goose grease. You should join us. Then it'll be the three generations of William's men making memories. I'm not participating in this nonsense. Pay him no attention. You're about to learn the magic of goose grease. So I looked up as far as what goose geese can do. Okay, the melted fat of the goose used in domestic medicine as an ointment. What was goose grease used for? Goose grease is used medicinally as a decongestant for whooping cough. Any kind of chest cold. Really? Wait, what is this? How do you get rid of goose grease scars? There's goose grease in a box. If the old scars ache and turn of the weather goose grease or any kind of oily grease, it's as good as bear's oil. Interesting, interesting. Wow. There's an actual, yeah, goose grease recovery and pain relief. Wait, what? I'm, what? Okay, let's move on from this. So, yeah, Dean is putting on the goose grease with his grandfather. And just like, oh my gosh, it does help with the edge. Oh, and my skin feels so soft and supple. And then <laughs> Bill comes out and says, oh, I can smell you all the way back in the house. Because, you know, they're in the backyard. And he's like, oh, that does kind of make me feel a little nostalgic for home. And Dean's got his camera out. He just wants to take a picture so badly of the three of them. Going through this, and of course, here come the flies. Ah! And Dean and Bill run for the house. Yeah. Now, doesn't that feel better? It actually did help with the itching, and my skin felt amazing. Never been so soft and supple. I can smell y'all from inside. Well, that means it's working. It does make me a little nostalgic for home. Mm hmm. <laughs> So now it's day four. Dean's doing the dishes. Granddaddy slips him some money in his pocket for doing his chores, basically, while Bill is drinking coffee, reading the paper. And his dad sits down across from him, grabs the paper right out of his hands. And Bill's like, hey, look, I was reading that. And... His father says, yeah, I know. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and Dean is just worried. It's like, they're still kind of at each other. And he wants a bonding experience. Yeah, there's just... If his dad and grandfather are arguing, there's not going to be a Williams family picture. There's not going to be this momentous moment that Dean wants to have. That he can look back on when he's an adult at a photo of the three of them. So, did they give, I guess, the goose grease has lost its appeal? Because now Bill's father is scratching. And just, yeah, Bill's like, just use the medicine that 
Lillian gave you from the pharmacy. And no, he, he's not about that. He's like, no, I refuse. I'm not going to, no. And he's standing by his goose grease home remedy. Like, it works just fine. And Bill tells him, uh, my house smells like a barnyard. Ugh. It's going to take forever to get that smell out of the house. Whew. And I've never smelled goose grease before. And I don't think I, by what they, I don't think I want to. So, Granddaddy Clisby has had enough of Bill. He's like, look, if you don't want me here, I am more than happy to go home. And he's like, tell him, like, you're trying to domesticate me. <sighs> he's just so set in his ways. And the doorbell rings, and I'm wondering, okay, it's got to be Lillian. Maybe she got chicken pox after all. And it's like, well, all right, while you guys are on the tail end, I've just begun with the chicken pox battle, so... I mean, if you get it once, you can't exactly get it a second time, I wouldn't think. And the doorbell's still ringing. And Dean's like, how many goose guys do you got, Grandpa? Granddaddy? By day four, we'd all fallen into a routine. <laughs> I was reading that. I know. But Dad and Granddad were still getting on each other's nerves, which meant there was zero bonding going on. Stop scratching, Dad. Just use the cream Lillian brought. I ain't studying quacks down there at the pharmacy. Goose grease works just fine. The only thing that goose grease is doing is making my house smell like a barnyard. Listen, if you don't want me here, I'll be happy to leave. In fact, I'm tired of you always trying to tell me what to do, trying to domesticate me. How many goose guys you got? So, yeah, I wasn't expecting to see um, Corey and his dad at the door. But since Corey's all better, apparently, I guess maybe he he already had chicken pox or he's over it. And he gave, came to give Dean his homework and said, well, I tried to tell the teacher you were, like, basically on death's door. And you wouldn't need any algebra in heaven. But, you know, apparently she didn't believe me. So here's your homework. And Dean's like, hey, look. You went to bat for me. That's that's enough. Thank you. <laughs> and Dean is like, oh, well, that's okay. I mean, you tried, so. And he's trying to pretend to be mad, but apparently, yeah, he probably is missing school, being cooped up with his dad and grandfather. It's kind of wearing on him as well. Sweetness. <laughs> yeah, Corey's mom. Sending over a casserole, like, thank you, thank you. Maybe you can get some more neighbors to bring over some more food. <laughs> Since, you know, we're kind of under house arrest here. We're, you know, down with the pox here. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Corey's dead. is like, oh, here, let me come in and give this to you. And Bill's like, we're still contagious. What are you doing? And, yeah, his Corey's dad is all like, hey, don't worry about it. I mean, Corey can't come in, of course, because he hasn't gotten it yet. What? Okay, and Coach Long got it when he was seven, so I guess he's good and clear. Okay, why do okay, part of me is gonna guess maybe like that's not actually true. Maybe he didn't actually get it, maybe remembering some other illness. And then he and Corey wind up. Cause if you think about it, it's a screen door. Germs are gonna go through that screen door. Yeah. And they're gonna end up 
the way Dean made it seem like it was an epidemic at that school, like, majority, 98% of my school got chicken pops or his class or whatever. So wouldn't that include Corey? Because it seems like most of the time when we see Dean in school, it's Corey and Kisa and Brad and Hampton and um, Norman there with him. So who else is down for the count? I mean, if Corey didn't get it, odds are I think he's going to have it at the end of the episode. Or the teachers are going to shut the school down because now the teachers all also, the ones that didn't get chicken pox as a kid, all are going to get it. And they're going to shut the school down for a week. Bill is just ah, so happy to see another person that isn't his son or his father there. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, sit down, sit down. Hey. <laughs> and Coach Wong is just, oh, I get to sit on the good couch. Okay. And yeah, he's all, Bill's all like, hey, you hungry? I can get you something to eat. You want something to eat? <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, why are you being so, I mean, he's normally nice, but it's like, you're being overly nice. What's up? What is he? He's bringing out the ass. <laughs> he's like, hey, can I pour you a scotch? Then <laughs> Corey's dad is all like, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, Bill. <laughs> no, I don't want one. Yeah, and then Granddaddy Clisby sits down on the couch next to Corey's dad. It's like, hey, aren't you a sight for sore eyes? And the look on his Corey's dad's face is all like, uh, I see you all being cooped up here. It hasn't affected you guys at all. Like, my God. Yeah, they're just, for four days straight, they've seen nobody else. Well, Lillian dropped by with, I don't know what a lasagna maybe, but after, other than that, it's just like, I would think, and mind you, this is all before technology of Zoom, FaceTime, what have you. So, yeah, you can imagine they are just ecstatic to see another human being that is not there in the, the home with them, like anyone else from the outside world. The mailman, I'm sure, is like, hey, you want to come? Oh, wait, have you had chicken box yet? <laughs> Just ask about this person's day. When did you get your groceries? What did you buy? Just any type of outside information. <laughs> Corey's dad, look, he, want, he wants to get out of there. Look, I dropped off your casserole. I'm, I need to go home. Bye. You know that that granddaddy Clisby, he's got it. He's got to find out. Like, hey, what's? I have not been at the barber shop in so long. What's going on? Did Hal patch things up with Ida? Oh, we got some news. Cliff is gonna give him news. Like, come on, what's the deal? Let me know. It could be a zombie apocalypse outside for all they know. <laughs> like, what is going on outside? How many goose guys you got? Good to see you, Cliff. I'm sorry, Dean. Mrs. Fry made me bring you your homework. I tried telling her you were on death's door and that you wouldn't need any algebra in heaven, but she wasn't buying it. It's okay. At least you tried. I pretended to be mad, but secretly, I was missing that sweet, sweet arithmetic. Well, Vivian heard y'all was doing the cooking. She sent me over here with this casserole. Here, let me come inside. Hey, what are you doing? We're still contagious. Okay, it's all good. Now, Corey can't come in, but I can't. Like, I got the pox when I was seven. I'm immune. Like, you must really be dead. <laughs> you hungry? Thirsty? 
boy is Scotch. It's four o'clock in the afternoon, dear. Oh, boy, you a sight for so eyes. Uh, I see being all cooped up in here hasn't uh, affected you guys at all. So what did I miss at the barbershop? Huh? Did the hair patch up with Ida? Oh, you ain't gonna believe this. Okay. So Dean asks Corey if Keisha asked about him, and Corey's like, oh yeah, I mean, she even wanted to come over and visit you, but her parents think chicken pox come from the devil. And Dean and what they said the same thing about wearing glasses. I honestly just think they don't like Dean. I mean, if we remember from the club episode, <laughs> with the uh, the mag adult magazines that Dean was bringing in, and then he was mentioning about stuff that his mother had told him he about women who you know miss their husbands and blah 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 blah. With the magazines and he gets called to the principal's office with Lillian and Keese is there with her parents and it just it was a whole mess so yeah I can I can't even see them wanting Dean anywhere near Kisa I love yeah they're getting like uh yeah find out what's going on on the outside they're all you know drinking the guys inside Corey's dad and Bill's father and Bill Asking about um, a settlement check that someone named Lester has. Like, oh, what do you think he's going to do with that? And <laughs> Bill's father says, not make Jesus proud, that's for sure. <laughs> Apparently, this Lester must be a liar because he was trying to tell Corey's dad that he got Eartha Kitt's phone number. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> So Dean tells Corey, you know, he's been I've been trying to bond with my dad and granddad all day, but every time we get close to some type of bonding, something gets in the way of it. Uh, the doorbell rings, or my my dad and grandfather just at each other's throats, arguing, and it just. I'm hoping that Dean does get that memorable Kodak moment between the three of them. I really hope so. <laughs> so Corey wants to get something out of this for himself. Like, hey, why don't you give me a hug? Like, what'll happen? And Dean tells Corey, it's like, I you basically get chicken pots from me. And Corey wants this so he can get out of a test he didn't study for, and he might be able to get out of church as well. Like, is it that instant? Well, it must have been because. Didn't take long for Bill and Granddaddy Clisby to get chicken pox after being in the car for, well, if it took three hours to get there and three hours back, that's a total of six hours being, you know, I don't know if the windows were down in the car on the way there back or whatever, but still, I mean, being in close proximity, you're going to get it. You're going to be breathing on each other. Yeah, but before Corey can even open the door, <laughs> his dad is right there like, what do you think you're doing? You know, your mom's going to blame me if you get sick. I'm taking you home right now. Yeah, nice nice try, Corey. <laughs> they want him to stick around so bad. It's like, what, you're leaving already? You just got here. Granddad Clispy's like, hey, we could get a card game going. Just, you know, the, us three guys. Like, come on. You don't, you said you had chicken box. It'll be fine. What is Corey supposed to do? Sit on the porch? And talk through the screen door to Dean the whole time? That's... <laughs> I guess, you know, he's been out for five days. What other hot gosh does uh, Corey got to tell Dean about? 
Anything else happen at school? Someone pull a fire alarm. Someone throw up at lunch. Come on. I haven't been there in five days. you got to give me something. Now Cliff gets out of there. He's like, now I know you're delirious. If you're thinking I'm going to, I'm going to basically, you want me to take your money in a card game. Like I'm getting out of here. Please, of course I can't. Hey, Dean, give me some skin. Like, give me a high five. And Cliff is pushing, like, get to the car. So, has Kisa asked about me? Yeah, she has been, actually. She wanted to come over and visit you, but her parents think chicken pox come from the devil? They said the same thing about wearing glasses. So what's Leslie gonna do with a settlement, Jay? What you think he gonna do with it? Not make Jesus proud. That's for damn sure. You think he gonna try to tell me? That he got Eartha Kid phone. I've been trying to bond with my dad and granddad, like Bruce did, but every time we get close to it, something gets in the way. Hey, man, what if you gave me a hug? Then you'll get chicken pox. I know. Look, I got a social studies test on Friday, and I have not studied for it. Plus, if I time it right, I could probably get out of church, too. Curry Law, let me take one more step. Oh, what the heck, you lost your mind? Now, you know your mama gonna blame me if you get sick. I'm taking you home. You're going. You just got here. Yeah, stick around. We can get a card game going. Now, I know y'all going to Lear's if y'all inviting me to take y'all money. I'm going to see you, fellas. Hey, hey Dean, you no, no. just get man. Get to the car. So, Dean kind of takes this whole card playing thing that they're originally going to do with Cliff. And like, hey, that whole card playing? Let's, you can teach me how to play poker. And, and Granddaddy Clisby says, you don't know how to play poker? I mean, what are you, like, seven? And Dean says, I'm 12. And Bill's like, oh, no, you are not going to teach my son how to gamble. We are not doing that. And Bill says, well, he doesn't have any money. And at the same exact time, Dean and his grandfather say, yeah, he does. Yes, I do. And Bill gives in, like, oh, okay, sure, it'll help pass the time. Just, Dean, don't tell your mom about this, all right? So, yeah, Dean wants this Kodak moment so bad to the three of them. And he's like, we broke so many rules. We were playing poker. We're drinking sodas from glasses and not using coasters on the table. Being out the back door. Well, what have we always said? It's most likely easier for a guy to do that than a girl. Yeah, I bet your mom would have killed y'all doing that. So, granddaddy's got some kings. And Dean's like, well, what about this? I got, like, yeah, he puts his cards. He's got three eights and a pair of sixes. I don't know what that could be. It might be something. Or it might be nothing. I don't know. I haven't played cards in a long time. And even if I did, I, I wouldn't remember the rules anyway. Full house! Because Bill's like, oh, my gosh, boy, that's a full house. Because, yeah, Granddaddy Clispy only had, like, he had, like, a pair of kings or something. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Beginner's luck. How about that? And Bill's like, oh, this is going to be good. And even Granddaddy Clisby sticks the words right in my mouth. Oh, beginner's luck. Come on now. Let's play again. My guess is Dean is going to, he's going to, he's going to get them both. Like, he's going to be that good that he's winning every single hand. Maybe he secretly already knows how to play poker. Like, he learned from, like, Brad or Corey or Norman or him. Hampton? I don't know. I don't know. You know, Hampton loves the Bible. I don't know if he would really 
be into the, you know, playing poker or blackjack or whatever. Granddaddy called that or what? Beginner's luck because as the night went on, yeah, Dean's luck is running out. His well is running dry. And Bill tells Dean, you know, poker's all about bluffing. Just lie. Pretend you're Kim lying about why you're, you missed curfew. Only better. And his grandfather tells him, hey, kid, don't worry about it, okay? I've been learning, I've been playing poker since I learned to play in a foxhole during the Great War. This brings up a good uh, opportunity for Dean to ask, like, well, what was it like, you know, fighting in war, war, World War One?" And Bill's like, Dean, I, I don't know, you might be too young for those stories. So Granddaddy Clisby says, fine, I, I guess I can tell you one story. Because Dean is like, well, I'm playing poker. I, I mean, if I'm old enough to play poker, I'm old enough to hear a story from Granddaddy fighting in World War One. Yeah, but then again, how far is he stretching the truth here with this story? So he's like, oh, that's when I shot down Red Baron. And Bill's like, no, no, he didn't. No, no he didn't, Dean. And Dean tells us, once Granddaddy got started with these stories, there was no stopping him. Like, oh, you just opened a box that you can't close. Dean says, I heard about trench warfare, mustard gas poisoning, and how he single-handedly saved Paris. While falling in love with Josephine Baker. So while they're talking about Granddaddy Clisby's war stories, Dean's like, hey, Dad, you, you were in a war. You fought in the war, right? What? Tell us one of your stories. And Gran his grandfather's all like, yeah, Bill, tell him about the time you sliced, sliced your finger. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, cutting a tomato because he was working as a cook and everything. I mean, and it just seems like that's not the first time that Granddaddy is kind of picked at Bill for, you know, like, you were just a cook. You weren't with the fighting or anything. You didn't really see any real, like, uh, any real action. Is he? I don't get why he's, why he's doing this. Like, oh, tell him about the time you sliced your finger and, uh, on a, cutting a tomato during the Battle of the Ham Sandwich. And then it's almost like he's putting Bill down. He's like, you see, Dean, your brother Bruce and I fought in combat. It's like he is putting his son down. Like, oh, well, what you did over there wasn't that important because you were just a cook. Yeah, he's like, your brother Bruce and I fought in combat while well, your father was banging pots in the safety of the kitchen. And Bill says how, you know how they say the body marches on its stomach to battle or something like that and we see dean kind of i'm wondering if he's getting a fever because i thought that might be one of the symptoms of chicken pox is like you really don't feel good like you are under the weather sick sick when it's not about just about the itching it's about you probably have a fever as well because he's rubbing his arm across his forehead and Bill right away notices that. He's like, are you all right? Do you, do you need to lay down? And and Dean's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I think something's going to happen. and They're going to have to take him to the emergency room. He is literally sweating, Dean is. Like, dripping sweat. Like, dotted on his forehead, his face. Like, and the fact that, I mean, usually when, I mean, I know when I've had, a, I had that 102, 101 degree fever for at least two and a half days straight. I, 
could not do anything. I just, I didn't want to do anything. Which, if you're feeling under the... I wouldn't be up sitting up at the table playing cards, drinking pop. He should be drinking water. He should be, because he's probably dehydrated from all the pop that he's sucked down. So three of us play cards together. You could even teach me poker. You don't know how to play poker. Well, you ought to know by now. How old are you, seven? I'm 12. You're not going to teach my son how to gamble. Besides, he doesn't have any money. Yeah, yeah I do. You know what? If it help us pass the time, let's do it. Just don't tell your mother. <laughs> this was it. My last chance to connect with the men of my family. And I was not going to let anything ruin it. We broke so many family rules that night. Playing poker, not using coasters, peeing out the back door. Mom would have killed us. Pair of kings. <laughs> uh, I got some eights and some sixes. That's something, right? <laughs> Boy, that's a full house. Oh, this is gonna be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beginner's luck. Beginner's luck. Come on, come on, come on. Play again. Dad, deal, deal, deal. Uh, Granddaddy Clisby was right. My luck started to run out after that. Poker's all about bluffing. Just act like you can't mind about watching this curfew. Said better. Don't worry, kid. I've been winning at poker since I learned to play in a foxhole during the Great War. So what was it like fighting in World War One? You might be a little young for those stories. I'm old enough to play poker. Fine, I guess I can tell you one story. And that's when I shot down the Red Baron. No, you didn't. No, he didn't. Once Granddaddy got started, there was no stopping him. I heard about trench warfare, mustard gas poisoning, and how he single-handedly saved Paris while falling in love with Josephine Baker. What about one of your war stories, Dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him about the time that you sliced your finger while cutting a tomato during the Battle of Ham Sandwich. You see, your brother Bruce and I fought in combat while your father was banging pots in the safety of the kitchen. <laughs> well, they say an army marches to battle on his stomach. Well, you got that right. <laughs> you feeling okay? Need to lay down? Uh, no, I'm fine. Let's keep playing. So, yeah, as I said, Dean is literally sweating up a storm. His face is dripping with sweat. And he's just so excited, feeling redeemed, at being able to hopefully get this Kodak moment. And he's, like, holding the camera, ready to take a picture. And then he realizes, like, he's feeling very, very hot. Like, you, yeah, that I bet anything. You know, I'm going to look that up right now. I'm going to look up what all come with having chicken pox. Okay, so pretty much here we are. If you're experiencing, let's see, as far as chicken pox, symptoms include skin rashes that may appear in three phases, raised pink or red bumps, fluid, uh, okay, we're going to skip over that. Uh, yeah, um, mm, let's skip over crusts and scabs that cover broken blood. Fever, yes, loss of appetite, headache, tiredness and a general feeling of being unwell and i think the fact that he was being so entertained and he's so and the thing is none of them while they're talking while they're playing cards none of them are scratching at themselves none of that but and i think sometimes if you're distracting you're not gonna it's almost like you're not really giving your body time to really notice or react to because you're focused on other things and then when you finally like stop and just sit for a minute and, and it's almost like you feel like you just weighed down like it you feel it's just 
inner battle inside of you just working at your systems is yeah i mean yeah the headache and the, like i said he's drinking pop or soda or whatever you want to call it he's had two of those and he's not i don't think any of them are drinking water you would think you want to keep hydrate you want to keep up your fluids now, i don't know when gatorade was vented but they probably could have been you know they're losing electrolytes and everything too it's like I think this is going to mean they need to get him to the hospital. And I like that Bill is concerned. He's like, Dean, are you are you okay? Because Dean keeps, you know, rubbing his forehead and stuff. And he goes and Bill touches, you know, Dean's arm and then his neck and his face. Like, you, well, you are burning up. We, we need to get you to a doctor. So we do learn why Granddaddy Clisby one of the reasons at least why he doesn't trust doctors like no we're not going there first they're going to take your blood and then they're not going to tell you what they're going to do with it bill tells dean like don't listen to him this is just nonsense he hears it at the barber shop and i don't think that's the case i think this is personally why he doesn't like doctors and why he has mistrust for them oh my gosh is this oh my gosh I bet anything because I am reading a book right now that is, oh my gosh, I bet anything this is about that study that was done after World War One with some black guys and get, they were giving them syphilis and seeing how, and I bet anything that is exactly what he is referring to. I bet anything that that is what he's, yeah, he's talking about Bill's cousin Darnell and talking about um, some studies that they were doing. That is exactly what he's talking about. Oh my gosh. Going, oh my God, it's going on right at this. He's saying his, your cousin went to see some doctors about this study and he's telling them that he's only getting worse. Like, oh my, yes, that is exactly, oh my gosh. And says, yeah, that's the one that the history books still don't talk enough about. No, I had no idea. I had no idea that that was going on. And um, if they don't make it clear here at the end of the episode, I will kind of give an overview about a little more in detail as to what. If they don't refer to it 100% here, because I get it, you... With the networks and stuff, there's only so many things you can say on television or describe. Bill's like, look, maybe we should just call it a night then. And Dean is just like, no, we have to keep playing. He wants this moment so badly. And Bill asks Dean, why is this so important to you? And Dean tells him, it's because you, Bruce, and Granddaddy have all these things in common. Yeah, because they all were in the war and some, you know, Bill was a cook and both, you know, Granddaddy Clisby and Bruce were, you know, fighting in the war. And Dean just wants to have some connection, something to bond himself to them and just not feel like maybe an outsider. So was, you know, he, he wants that same experience as far as the picture with you know bruce and his grandfather and his dad that's what to an extent that's what dean wants 
And Dean says, you go hunting and fishing and do all these manly things. And I don't get to do any of it. Yeah, they, he got chicken pox, so that cut their hunting trip short. And the things that Dean is interested with, the, the science and stuff, his dad and his grandmother aren't into that kind of thing. So, like, there's got, I mean, and he thought, you know, the chicken pox thing could be a bonding situation. You could take a picture of them all on the couch feeling miserable. And they would be bonding, and the chicken pox, you know, experience of 1969. Dude, I feel for Dean. He says, I just want to be a part of the Williams men. He wants to feel included. And Bill tells him, like, Dean, you're talking crazy, all right? You're always going to be a Williams man. And then he looks at his dad and says, for better or for worse. And Dean asks, well, can I still play? It's my turn to deal. And now we see <coughs> Dean and Hampton and Corey and maybe Norman's there, all dressed in their fatigues, army fatigues, playing cards around a table while missiles are going off. Town seeing I saw this cute little French girl. <laughs> Not appropriate, Dad. This was it. This was the bonding moment I'd been waiting for. I was feeling happy, feeling redeemed, feeling very, very hot. <laughs> okay there, Dean. Well, you are burning up. To get you to a doctor. No, 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 no. We ain't going there. Right? You, you, you can't trust these doctors. Well, they tell you they're gonna take your blood, then they don't tell you what they're gonna do with it. Don't listen to him. This is just nonsense. He is the department shop. You remember your cousin Darnell? Well, he's being treated by some doctors over at Tuskegee in some special studies. But I'm telling you, the man is only getting worse. Yeah, that's the one the history books still don't talk about enough. Well, maybe we should just call it a night then. No, we have to keep playing. Why is this so important to you, Dean? Because you, Granddaddy, and Bruce have all these things in common. You go hunting and fishing and do all these manly things, and I don't get to do any of it. I, I just want to be a part of the Williams men. For once. Dean, it's crazy talk. You'll always be a Williams man. For better or worse. So... Can we still play? Uh, it's my turn to deal. A part of me thinks like this is a like a fever dream of Dean's. What this is, and he's gonna wake up in the hospital. Cause according to IMDb, there's oh a white doctor cast. So um, I'm thinking that's what's gonna happen. That he's gonna wake up and he's gonna find himself in the hospital. Okay, so it is actually, it's Dean, it's Hampton, it's Corey, and it's Brad there. Hampton says, oh, there goes another, because they all cover their heads while they're in these barracks or whatever they are, covering their heads as a missile flies over. And Hampton says, oh, there goes another pair of clean underpants, or clean undies. And we all hear, you know, they're all chanting, Dean, Dean, Dean. It's, I think it's like his dad... Or his grandfather trying to wake him up. Like, he passed out because he's got a fever so bad. Or that he wakes up in the hospital. Oh, it turns out, well, Dean has been sitting there the whole time in this fever dream. And Bill's like, Dean, Dean, can you hear me? And then Dean is spouting something from his fever dream about, um... <clears throat> you know, fighting the enemy or whatever. And Bill's like, we need to take him to the hospital now. 
No more of your whatever you're talking about. Bill actually calls for his dad because his dad's still sitting there like, Dad, what are you doing? Let's go. Dang, can you hear me? <laughs> All right, you dumb boys. It's time to go over the top and lick those Germans. He's delirious and talking crazy. We need to go now. Yes, he is in the hospital, and Lillian and Kim come in, and Kim, it's just like, oh, you're gonna live, right? Because Dean's like, Mom, it's okay, I'm alright, don't worry about me. And Dean's thinking, so like, Kim was being nice? It's never nice, not to me. He says, ah, dang, I must have been sicker than I thought. So the doctor comes in, and Lillian asks if Dean is gonna be okay, and the doctor says... Dean may have gotten a blood infection stemming from the chicken pox. What? Wait, what? Excuse me? What is going on here? And he tells them, I'll have to take a blood sample. I bet anything Granddaddy Clisby is going to put his foot down. Like, you are not doing that to my grandson. I bet anything that he is going to say something. And the doctor's name is Dr. Patton. You just see this needler and like, yeah, and Dean's like, no, 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 I'm not getting a shot. Lillian tells him, like, honey, it's just going to hurt for a second. And Dean, according to what, you know, his grandfather said, it's like, don't you know that they take your blood and do something secret with it? And his grandfather says, yeah, that's right. That's what it's called medical practice because they're practicing on you. And Bill's like, dad, that's enough. And Dean's like, just give me some goose grease. I'll be fine. And Lillian's like, yeah, goose grease? Excuse me? <laughs> so Bill pulls his father aside and says, Dad, you need to stop with this. Your, your mistrust of, doc of doctors and stuff. You're getting into Dean's head. And now you're making him paranoid, basically. So Bill tells him, like, look, you put this foolishness in his head. So you're the one who needs to get it out. It's like, you need to clear this up with him. So basically what, just tell him, like, Dean, you need to take the shot. It's going to be okay. Or what's he going to just, like, oh, what I was talking about won't happen to you or something to that effect. And, you know, his grandmother says, you know, Dean, maybe you might want to listen to the doctor, you know, just this once. And Dean's looking up at his grandmother like, Grand you, you told me that I, I, I shouldn't, you know, you wouldn't let them take your blood. So, yeah, his grandfather says, you know, look, we'll do this together, okay? And Dean's like, you, you would really let them take your blood? And he's like, yeah, only if you do it with me, though. So he's willing to put his mistrust of doctors aside to help Dean, you know, get this shot and figure out what's going on. <laughs> Lillian's like, you know, Bill hasn't seen a doctor in years. Maybe he should also get this shot, you know, since he also has the chicken pox. Hey, here's this bonding experience he wanted the three of them to have. <laughs> He's like, oh, sure, yeah, I'll get my blood drawn. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll get my blood drawn <laughs> from my body. He's like, oh, really, Dad? You'll do it too? And the, the, the doctor cannot have the biggest grin. I was like, all right, he's holding up three nails. Who wants to be first? Like, Ugh. Oh, of course... Granddaddy Clisby says, look, if I'm going to get this done, I do want a black doctor to administer it. No offense. And, it's like, and Kim's like, uh, offense intended. And Lily's like, uh. 
get comfortable with. If you're not, then that's fine. That they should be able to work with you and find you a doctor that you do feel comfortable with. So I did find a lady to administer the shot, and of course she's a beautiful black woman. And <laughs> of course it's like, oh, did you go? Are you sure you went to medical school? Are you sure? You know, did you go to all girls medical school? Where the guy was co-ed? Were the guys there? So he's now he's questioning her credentials. It's like. Just get the shirt and get it over with. <laughs> she's not saying, she's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get this all the time with these men patients. All the time. They want to know my credentials. And, you know, adult Dean says, you know, this isn't necessarily the bonding experience he had really thought of when he had first kind of set this into motion. But, you know, seeing the sacrifices that his family made for him, he says, I felt a new closeness I hadn't anticipated. He's like, we were like blood brothers now. Oh, Granddaddy Clisby. He's like, oh, is your husband okay with you uh, being a doctor? And she just kind of, <laughs> what husband? Who <laughs> says I'm married right now? And she says, oh, I'll let you know when I meet him. <laughs> Granddaddy. He's like, see, Kim, that's what happens when you get an education. Whatever you say, Granddaddy. <laughs> Whatever you say. stemming from the chicken box. I'll need to take a blood sample to be sure. Uh, no, no. I am not getting a shot. Well, maybe it'll just hurt for a second. Don't you know that they take your blood and do some secret with it? That's right. That's why they call it medical practice, because they're practicing on you. Exactly. Just give, give me some goose grease and I'll be fine. What? Goose grease? Dad. You need to stop. You don't want to put this foolishness in his head, so you don't want at least to get it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So maybe you ought to listen to the doctor just this once. But you wouldn't let them take your blood, Granddad. You told me. Maybe if we do this together. You do it? Only if you do it with me. Uh, okay. You know what? Bill hadn't seen a doctor in years. Maybe you should do it too. Uh, sure. I'll get my blood drawn from my body. You too, Daddy? Now, who wants to go first? No, no, no. If it's if, if it's about me, uh... <laughs> I want a black doctor, but no offense. Please, offense intended. <laughs> Are you sure you went to medical school? <laughs> what, what, was it a women's medical school? Were men there at that school? This wasn't exactly the bonding experience I'd wanted when we set off on our hunting trip last week, but seeing the sacrifices my family made for me, I felt a new closeness I hadn't anticipated. We were like blood brothers now. Is your husband okay with you being a doctor? What husband? I'll let you know when I meet him. You see, that's what happens when you get an education. 
So Adaldine narrates saying how he had set out to make, have a bonding experience with his family. And it turned out to be a disastrous week of chicken pox, goose grease, and bloodletting. And oh, I just love this. They all got their arms up with their bandages of where their blood was drawn. Oh, so sweet. And what Dean says, what he realizes, you can't force these things, these kinds of things. You just got to let them happen on their own. And Dean tells us, turns out the memories you don't plan for, the moments you don't plan for are the ones that make the best memories. That's right. When things just happen. So, yeah, it turns out they got the test results back and Dean just had a minor little infection that cleared up after some antivirus. Why do I feel like he got it from that goose grease? Like there's something in it. Yeah, they're sitting down at the table, and Dean has got his appetite back. He's taking many, many helpings of potatoes, carrots, and stew. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, maybe I can uh, go to school tomorrow. What do you think? And apparently the doctor called gave the all clear, so there you go. And Daddy's there. He's like, oh, she, I just, oh, that doesn't sound right. Heaven forbid a woman doctor. <laughs> but he's like, I'm just having your back in the kitchen. Oh, of course you are. And she says, oh, Granddaddy Clisby, the only reason I keep... <laughs> cooking this delicious food is to keep your mouth <laughs> occupied and shut. And Kim says, see, that's what happens when you get an education. And Granddaddy <laughs> apparently surprised everyone with his perfect blood test, proving that he's inexplicably as healthy as a horse. Bill found out he's got high cholesterol. Oh, what is he eating for dinner? Rice cakes? <laughs> Well, celery, maybe? <laughs> Just veggies. No meat and potatoes. Well, yeah, <laughs> Lillian's going to make sure he stays on the strict low cholesterol. He'll be, oh, come on, give me a piece of the roast. <laughs> and Lillian tells him, Bill, you had two eggs this morning. That's your limit. He's <laughs> Just rolling his eyes like, ugh. He's like, look, you had your limit for the day, okay? It's just until your numbers come down that I'm sure they would have to regulate. You would really, I mean, once it's down, it's like you've got to keep it down. It's not like, oh, let's just get it down and I can go back to what I'm doing. Like, no, you would have to keep at that. You know Granddaddy Clisby is going to rub that in Bill's face like, oh, that's pot roast. It is so delicious. You are missing out, Bill. He says, yeah, hey, maybe you could Trade me one bite of roast that's on my fork for one egg next week. He's <laughs> like, oh, so that's how it's going to be. And then, of course, the phone rings. Like, oh, that must be the doctor calling. So Dean asks what cholesterol is, and Lillian says, it just means he needs to cut back on meat. Like, I need to cut back on the bacon, too, and stuff like that. And Bill answers the phone, and it's not the call he was expecting. And when he answers the phone, he's like, what? And then everyone turns around at that. And, of course, Lillian thinks it's the doctor. It's like, is it about Dean? And he says, no, it's it's about Bruce. He gets off the phone, and Lillian goes over to him. You just see her heart is, is just starting to break. Like, And Bill gets off the phone, and he says... And they say that Bruce was injured in Vietnam. And that's how the episode... It ends on a cliffhanger. And he says he's alive, but he had to get surgery. So we don't know. I don't know the extent of the surgery. Do they say that they are flying him back to the VA hospital tomorrow? So 
Hopefully you'll kind of hopefully get some more details. And Lillian is upset. She's crying and, and Bill is comforting. He's like, honey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And Kim and, and Dean are just, they can't believe because they're still sitting at the table, table with the granddaddy Clisby. I had set out to create a bonding experience with the men of my family and it quickly became <laughs> a disastrous week of chicken pox, goose grease, and bloodletting. What I didn't realize was that you can't force these kinds of things. You just gotta let them happen on their own. Turns out the moments you don't plan for are the ones that make the best memories. When we got the blood test results back, it turned out I had a minor infection that cleared up after some antibiotics. Well, glad to see you got your appetite back. Must mean you're feeling better. Yep, maybe I can even go to school tomorrow. Well, the doctor says she called tonight to give the all clear. She? Just doesn't sound right. I'm just glad that you are back in the kitchen. Oh, Cliz, the only reason I cook delicious food is to keep that mouth of yours occupied and shut. <laughs> you see, that's what happens when you get an education. Granddaddy surprised everybody with his perfect blood test, proving that he's inexplicably as healthy <laughs> as a horse. My dad, on the other hand, found out he has high cholesterol. Come on now. Why don't you give me a little piece of that roast? Bill, you had two eggs this morning. You already over your limit for the day. Come on, it's just till you get your numbers down. Mmm, that's pie roses. Delicious. Well, maybe you could trade one bite for one egg next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's always how it's gonna be. <laughs> that must be the doctor calling. <laughs> What's cholesterol? Oh, baby. Hello. Okay, so looking at this, I didn't go into the episode as far as, oh, maybe I did, hold on, I'm sorry. Um, I want to go back and read this trivia now that I, you know, finished the episode, that's basically it. It does, gosh, I'm trying to remember if any other episode has been left on a cliff, not to that degree, but okay, so here we go. This person is actually going to explain what grandfather Clisby was talking about that study that was done at Tuskegee. Okay, here we go. When granddaddy Clisby, played by Richard Gant, expresses his mistrust of doctors, one of the reasons he gives is, you remember your cousin Darnell? Well, he's being treated by some doctors over at Tuskegee in some special studies, but I'm telling you, the man is only getting worse. This is a reference to what was originally called the Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in the Negro male and is now referred to as the U.S. Public Health Service Syphilis Study at Tuskegee, lasting from 1932 to 1972. The so-called study observed hundreds of men, black men, both with, with and without syphilis, 
always withholding syphilis treatment from them even after syphilis became completely curable with penicillin and in some cases never even informing them that they had a communicable communicable disease. Not only did many of the men die avoidable deaths due to advanced untreated syphilis, in many cases they also inadvertently infected their wives and in utero children. The study is now considered one of the most notorious ethical travesties in the history of American medicine, and it is the basis for many African Americans' mistrust of the medical establishment in the present day. Many articles in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic brought up the difficulties that the lingering fear and mistrust fomented by the quote-unquote study still, still posed to public health educators trying to reach black communities. The show is set in Montgomery, which is only about 40 miles west of, of Tuskegee, Alabama. Showrunner Saladin K. Patterson spent some of his childhood in Tuskegee. So, yes, I that's why I want to hold off because I, like I said, I don't watch these episodes ahead of time. So, a lot of the, this stuff is all my reactions are actually getting it basically as I'm watching this. And I figured they could only give so much information about, you know, the studies, which was basically bare bones, just Tuskegee studies and how his cousin was not improving. So I, I enjoyed this episode. I did think it was good. I mean, there are, it, I would say there are some out there there where this episode would be better than there were. A couple others that were the greatest. <laughs> so, looking up, <laughs> Wonderling Words of Wisdom is this. Um, I don't want to comment on anything referring to doctor health or any of that stuff. To each their own, however you're going to, you know, live your life however accordingly. I don't want to pass judgment on anybody for their decisions and how they live their life. But, um, I'm just going to go with Dean wanting that bonding experience and just what he learned at the end of the episode was the best memories are the ones that make themselves that just happen just organically, just that you're not expecting. If you're, cause he was forcing this when, if you just put too much emphasis on it, if you just you're going to be disappointed. You're Just let it happen if or when it's going to happen. Um, I do like that, you know, they did bring up the whole thing with, you know, the N95, so space masks, without going into, you know, because you know, that was adult Dean talking about, you know, COVID and everything and how we were all wearing. And I remember... Because, you know, you know, Lillian's wearing a scarf over her face. And I'm thinking, right when it happened, and they're saying masks are going to be mandatory outside in the public. I didn't have one. They weren't selling. You can find them anywhere. So I took, it was a, a small, small blanket that, like a throw blanket, like something cheap you could get for like $10 at Meyer or wherever. And I, I cut it up to the length of what a scarf would be. And I put it, you know, I, I use that as mask because I had to go into Walmart and get some stuff. 
So it's just until they had some in, it's just you may do with what you have. You gotta wear a scarf, you gotta wear a scarf. And it's like April, May, and it's boiling out. It's like you do what you have to do until something else becomes available. So that is my Wonderling words of wisdom. So, yes, we are going to see Bruce again in the next episode, which is Love and War. This is going to be season one, episode 19, which aired April 13th, 2022. This is directed by Numa Piri. I'm, again, I apologize about the, the name if I'm mispronouncing it. So, in this episode, when Bruce returns home from Vietnam, the family is shocked to find out that he is dating and eager to share his life with an older woman with a son. When they learn more about Bruce's last de deployment, they come together to support him. So, yeah. I think when I would like, even Kisa is in the Goose Grease castless but it's just because she is a member of the cast just because their picture is here doesn't necessarily mean that this person is going to be in the episode because we didn't see her we saw pretty much and we didn't see really bruce unless it was him and those well he was in a one of the pictures in the photo album so maybe i mean you know they're using his image so maybe he's getting credit for that uh, Jalen Webb, Young Bruce. I'm guessing that it also those pictures of Young Bruce towards the end of the episode that in the photo album that Dean was flipping through that most likely was him. So, yeah. Like I said, I like this episode. I'm just going to continue pretty much as I've been doing with just an episode a month until we get till November when I finish the last episode of season one and then Come January, when the first episode of season two airs, I'll cover that one, but then the podcast is going to go on a bit of a hiatus till probably about spring, so I can pre-record some stuff so I don't feel like I'm getting behind, and then we'll just kind of, you know, go from there, go from there, so. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. I, I am loving this show. I really enjoy it. I like the growth of the characters. Um, I'm hoping maybe for season two that we start maybe, I mean, with it being more of a comedy-ish semi-drama, um, I don't really know what their restrictions are as far as what they can show, you know, on the show because it is dealing with, you know, it's a historical show, you know, set during the late 60s and then eventually I would think in season two we would be entering 1970 at some point because we just in season one crossed over after the Christmas episode two from 1968 to 1969 so I would think at some point we are going to enter into a new decade I just I'm I I want this to go past season two I want it to go I mean if it could last as long as the original Wonder Years did. I would love it. If it even went past season six, that would be cool. I just, I want to grow with these characters. I'm really attached to them. I think the actors do a phenomenal job bringing this historical time period to life. The, they all do such a good job. So with that being said, if you guys want to show the podcast some love, Go to iTunes, search Wonder Years Podcast. Looking back at my Wonder Years Podcast will show up. Click on it. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. 
all five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Wonder Years fans, new and old, like yourselves. If you want to use emojis, show me your favorite characters of either show, favorite episodes, least favorite episodes, favorite plot lines, where you see the, sh- the, the show going in season two. I think... Once I do finish season one, I might do a season two predictions of just where I think the characters are going to, like, what storylines I might, I would like to probably see, where I want to see the characters going, possibly, because Dean's only 12. The thing is, Brad is actually older than, is, that's the thing, though, if Brad's 13, then, or Tori Kisa... And Dean and the other two, you know, Hampton and Norman, are they all still 12? I don't know. Because I know that in the original, Kevin and Paul were like, what, two weeks, maybe a week apart, if that? So, I don't know, I just, I really, I love this show. I'm happy that, you know, with whatever happened with... Fred Savage, why he's not on the show anymore. That's not my business. That's really not anyone's business but those that were on the show or and and himself. So, but, um, I have full trust in all the writers, the staff members. Like, this show is gold. It is beautiful. And I do see it is getting nominated for some awards. And I'm really hoping that E.J. Williams has been nominated at least once or twice. The writers, Salden K. Patterson, all of the show itself has been nominated for awards. And it's just phenomenal. Phenom- we needed another history. We don't have enough, honestly. We do not have enough, especially in primetime. We do not have enough historical shows. We need more shows that are historical. American Dreams, I mean, that got, you know, cut off too soon when it was only three seasons, which part of me kind of wonders, like, is it expensive to shoot a show that is historically set? Like, anything from, like, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, like, how, you know, and just trying to get, you know, props for these shows and everything like that. Like, oh, the work that goes into it. It's just... But, also, if you guys, you want to send an email to me, I'd love to hear from you. LBOM, wonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow along with the podcast, you can do so by going to Facebook and searching one the Wonder Years Podcast. Just like, follow, you'll find out, of course, I'm going to Chronological Order. Also, other shows I've covered on the podcast. Mr. Belvedere, some epi- a lot of episodes of that. Elf, some Little House on the Prairie, Small Wonder, excuse me. Um, I'm currently, I'm going to be wrapping up Season 2 at the end of this year, and then we'll be diving into Season 3. That is a monthly podcast. Also, the Full House Filler House podcast, I do... Also, up on this site is as the Wonder Years podcast as well. I also have done movie reviews, so look forward to all of that. Plenty of stuff coming down the pike for the rest of 2022 and 2023. I also want to get into actually some book reviews. There are some books that I really would love, you know, some of my childhood favorites. Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing and Super Fudge. I wouldn't mind covering Judy Blooms Forever. That is kind of stuff 
like forever and um one of my all-time favorites from my senior year of high school is where the wind or the wind blows backwards by mary donnie downing hahn um missing since monday by ann and Marg uh, martin who wrote the babysitters club just a bunch of different things i really this fall would like to jump on the trilogy the rainbow boys which would have been great to cover in June for Pride Month, but didn't happen. But the books actually are set during, like the first book takes place in September. The second book, Rainbow High, takes place in January through into the spring. And then Rainbow Road takes place during the summertime. So I kind of want to do something like that. I think it would be really fun just to go through the book and everything. Because like, it's such a great trilogy. So, all right. I hope you all have a fantastic Wednesday, and I will be back next month with Love and War. Bye-bye, everybody.